Welcome to another episode of Tacoma FD. Tacoma FD. Yeah. Nice. Good I work. Like you almost timed the clap perfectly. Ah, we'll fix it in post, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, we'll get it in post. Um, uh, I wore my uh, Makaki Panisi shirt. Look at that, guys. Can you see that? It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. This um, was a sad story, right? This shirt, because it was season two. Mm hmm. And we had just started preparing for the promotion of season two. Right. And um, uh, was it the Chive? It was the Chive, Chicago. Yeah, the Chive had created this huge party in Chicago, and they made like a thousand of these shirts. Yeah. And then like three days before the COVID shutdown happened. Right. And it was like we were getting ready to go to Chicago. They were unpacking the shirts, handing them out to all the fans. Mm hmm. And they shut it down for COVID. Getting ready to drink some beers, some cold beers yeah, we in done. Chicago. We were done. That, this is the real tragedy of COVID right here. Yeah. But uh, I've got a thousand of these shirts in my closet now. So, <laughs> Do you think, you know how like um, the losers of the Super Bowl, they, they you know, they fly their, sure, their sure, shirts sure, over sure. impoverished countries and, yeah. and drop them in crates yeah. for the children? They drop them right out of the airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a bunch of kids in an impoverished country wearing McConkie Panisi <laughs> shirts? Might be. From the tribe? They might be. Who are these people? Yeah. Guinness. ¿Quién son estas personas? <laughs> That's if it was a, a Hispanic. I got you. But look how cool. Impoverished country. I mean, you know, they could send them like, who are these cool American guys? Be like, right. look at that. They've got fire in their sunglasses and, and sweet mustaches. Yeah. We got a big episode here. This is a great one. This uh, Firefight Awake, a very different, unique episode. Don't you think? I, sh I sure do. I mean, we're this is our second week in a row that we yeah. got out of the station. We did. We did a barbecue in last week's episode. Yeah. And now... We are at a firefighter's wake. This is a delicate topic, but cousin Bill, your right. cousin, right. our technical consultant, played a, a, an integral part in this episode. But, you know, more, he, in more ways than one, in more ways than one. Yeah. But he said this is, you know, a firefighter. Wake. Wait, let me let me just set up before we get there. I, I realize okay. I'm going you're jumping the gun. You're going full steam ahead. I just want to give credit to the director of the episode, our good friend LP. Right. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, because what you've done is you've interrupted a natural flow. You did, you're you're no. jumping the gun. I, Can jumping, we give people credit for the work they did on the episode I, first? I'm the writer? The director? Perhaps? I was in a flow, and you fucked up my flow. Just because... Where'd you get the pen from? Just Why do you have a pen? Just because your list... Why do you have a pen? Because it's the only way I can deal with your bullshit. <laughs> because I need to point to... Yeah. The, the, only, the only order here is the order that you have put on your Correct. list. Exactly. I take great care of But we're talking this. about an episode, and I'm just flowing. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm like this close to walking <laughs> out of here. But I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, yeah. When you start going out of order in something, I'm going to fuck you up. Okay. All right. Big props to LP, our friend. LP, she goes by LP. Lauren Palmagiano. If you look her up on the internet, she's LP. Yeah, right? officially. In, in our credits, it's LP. Yeah. Because she felt people couldn't say her last name, Palmagiano. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, I'm, right. I'm part Italian. It's in my blood. Lauren Palmagiano. Oh, that's nice. And then uh, the her writer- Her last name makes me hungry. <laughs> sorry, did that. I did that. I'm sorry to put uh, ad-lib jokes. Uh, no, I know good. you have a list of things right, here. That's why it's good to have you around. Um, the writer, our friend Chandra Thomas- yeah. Right? Chandra Thomas uh, was in episode one. Mm -hmm. She played the character Rhonda Shimes in that episode. Yeah. And um, she wrote this episode. She sure did. She did a great job. Great job. And it was fun because she came to the set when we were shooting the uh, the episode. And she brought her dad. Remember this? Yeah. He was a great, great guy. That we had a nice. great time hanging out. It was awesome. Okay. Let, we'll go back to what you want to talk about. I don't even remember. It's we not were, what I want to talk well, about. Well, we were jumping into, you know, the episode already. Right. Right. Right? <laughs> Yeah. 
We were talking about firefighter wakes. All right. How crazy they are. So uh, uh, Bill had mentioned to us mm-hmm. uh, that this was a very kind of unique uh, element of the firefighter world. Yeah. And it's always fun to try to find those things that all firefighters will connect with. Mm-hmm. And we thought this was a great one. It's a little tricky because it deals with death and it deals with firefighter death, which we try to not deal with. And so we had to do that here. But of course, the guy didn't die in the job. Correct. He died in a wood chipper. He goes his whole career without a scratch. And he tries stomping branches down into a wood chipper with both feet. Stupid. So dumb. Stupid. So stupid. Really what a dingbat. Well, so that was the first that was the first choice we made was that, you know, if you if you speak to a lot of firefighters, one of the jokes yeah. is that they won't go out in a blaze of glory in a heroic way. They'll slip in the tub. Right. And hit their head. Right. Which was for us the comedic way to deal with something like this. Right. Let's make him go in the wood chipper, which, of course, led to us saying, and he got chopped in half. So we went with the half coffin. Sure. (laughs) And this guy happens to be a cheapskate. And so, you know, the jokes that these firefighters are making. Right. Is that this was his way of saving money because he was so sure. Sure. One of my favorite uh, visuals. Right. One of those late jokes in the game. Yes. You don't know that joke until you see the final episode. No, the half casket. Uh, the half casket. They erased the casket. But, you know, but like, but this is an interesting thing now. Because we had dealt with, you know, uh, back in season two, we did uh, in episode seven, we dealt with the therapy, the, you know, the PTSD right, therapy, right, right. Yep, 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 which yep. is a sensitive topic. But again, yep. we're making comedy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the challenge was how do we make it funny? Give right. the guy a funny death. And uh, and then just sprinkle in these subplots that, you know, are just, ha- you know, character stuff that happens at this wake. And so we shot at this bar. Right. For like, I don't know, four or five days. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I wrote down. We, I couldn't remember the name of it. The Canoga Park Elks Lodge, mm. which is like, those are the kind of places, where, you know, where I grew up, where, you know, you would have events like this. You know, they're like kind of a darker bar, a lot of wood. Yeah. You know, they, they smell funny. Sure. In a good way. <laughs> Yeah. They smell like you can tell some blood has been spilled in these sure, places. Sure, sure. There's also something interesting. They've got like half stools. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what like, like, like they're not chairs, but they're not. But they're not quite stools. They're right. like somewhere in the middle. Okay. And uh, I mean, I like, I loved the, uh, this place. And, and oh, I love it. And we've been here before in yeah. season one. one. We shot the boxing match there. The boxing match yeah. w- was in the same location. Yeah. Uh, but this reminds me of the, like. Uh, the town. You know, I grew up in New York City. It's an Elks Club. It's an Elks. Club. I've never yeah. been to that. That's a that's sure. a, a foreign. Thing that's where me. we would have you know like stag parties and you know uh, retirement parties and you know that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know what, I mean? what other kind of parties? Um, um, uh, wakes. Sure. There you go. Firefighter <laughs> wakes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of character in these places. You know, this inspired the cold open, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had heard about, uh, you know, um, at Firefighter Wakes, they pull up the the pump trucks. Right. And they fill them with beer. But is that bullshit or is that a true story? Did Have guys... I almost... I want to ask Cousin Bill if... Well, cause, well, I remember he was involved in this conversation. It was, let's put some taps on the on the engine but we had and to... put some beers in there. But and we then had... it was a huge thing like you get your your effects guy your props guy and bill and they're figuring out how to make it work for real and that kind of stuff but we had heard about this like from and i don't know if it was bill or if it was from, from somebody else but like the it actually was one of the components of this of the creation of the episode was the fire truck the pump truck full of beer 
right. at a, a wild firefighter party. Like when we make these episodes, everything sort of – we have this master list of stories we've heard from firefighters. And we yeah. start to mix and match. And one of them was firefighter wakes and one of them was firefighter parties in general and right. how these things are pretty wild. Sure. Because firefighters – they like to have a good time. They like to have a good time. They work hard. They play hard, Lemmy. Well, they have to blow off steam. That's right. Because they see some crazy things and they live a high stress life. Right. And, you know, and in a gathering like this, there are these toasts and there yeah. are tears and there is beer <laughs> and people get fucked up. Sure. There are fights. And there are fights. I've seen them. And it's rowdy <laughs> and it's yeah. bloody. But And in the end, everybody comes together and has a great time because ultimately the point is to honor this person's memory. Yes. And that's why I, I like the, I love the toast subplot in this thing. You know, it's like, those are always the great moments where people get up and give the great toast, you know. And although uh, it's presented in this episode that Kevin Heffernan's not very good at it. Maybe you should sit this one out. Dutch was my friend and my mentor. I know, and you're good at a lot of things, but giving toasts is not one of them. No disrespect, but your toasts tend to be a little bit serious and kind of boring. But Kevin Heffernan is actually very good at it in real life. Is he? Yeah. Quite good. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. I noticed on your list it said, and Lemmy's okay at it too. I wrote, that's bullshit. I'm awesome at giving toasts. I'm awesome at giving toasts. Well, I think that was the funny thing was that, uh, you know, creating this formula, right? Mm -hmm. Formula. Eddie Panisi's formula for giving a good toast. I just happen to know the formula. First you open with a dirty joke. Then you make fun of somebody in the crowd. Then you tell a pandering story, you land the whole thing with a sentimental close, and you finish it all off by getting everyone in the room to drink. It's not rocket surgery. Right. Which ultimately, Terry hits this, the formula. You know what I mean? Inadvertently, yeah. But where did that formula come? Is that just, that's Lemmy's formula or no? Uh, well, that is Lemmy's formula. And I remember yeah. there was a time, like, it was even, I was I was invited to speak at, uh, at one of my high school uh, commencement ceremony, the graduation. Right, okay. I gave the commencement speech. After you've attained your celebrity... You went back and give correct the speech. Yes, okay. they they, they uh, my old uh, advisor, my, yeah. my homeroom advisor, uh, <laughs> called me up and he said, "Steve, are you sitting down?" I said, "Yes." He said, "You have been unanimously voted to be the commencement speaker at this year's uh, graduation." Whoa, bro! And did they so, did they give a diploma to? Uh, I got a diploma. Or no, I didn't get a diploma from there. Because I left and came back to my New York City school. I graduated from high school. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, we're not talking about college. Okay, okay. I didn't know if they gave you an honorary, you know, high school diploma when you went. Uh, no, because I, I have a real one from oh, the high do? school oh, I graduated okay. Okay, got from. It, got it, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it, got it. I hold the record at that school for the highest jump in GPA, and it still stands. The highest jump in GPA. Yeah. Like, how is that a thing? How is that a... Because I was like, getting... what if you had a zero and you went to, like, a C? Uh, well, I was getting, I basically had a zero and got to a C. and I went to an A minus average. Oh yeah. I jumped you. 36 points. Wow. Yeah. You really bore, you, you kind of had to bear down and I did. I studied. Do your work. I applied myself. Do you know, like you're making fun of this moment, but this is a, a, a seminal moment in my life where I realized okay. if I applied myself as all the teachers for over a decade had told my parents yeah. every semester when they were destroying me in the parent teacher meetings. Right. If he would just apply himself, we see he's smart. Wow. If he would just apply himself, he could be one of the best students here. And That's sure enough, applicable to your career too. My life. Yeah. But well, the, I think it, I think once you know there was a point in time where you started really applying yourself. Right. So, but so the first point in time, and it, and it bore success for you. Yes. 
it the first time it bore success was I'm serious was in this moment, and so I I I, I know. <laughs> we might like the firefighter wake. We might come to blows. Yeah, today. it might happen. But then we'll hog it out afterwards. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so I spoke at this uh, high school graduation, right. and I was running my speech by your dad. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I said, so this this is like I had tr- I had tried this opening joke a few times, and I was going to try it in my opening speech at the, in the commencement. Right. So so uh, I'll just say my uh, m- well, my advisor's name was Mark Dillon. Yeah. And, and so my opening joke was going to be. When Mark Dillon uh, called me up to tell me I had been voted as the, uh, the the commencement speaker for the class of 2007, one thing became perfectly clear. Mark Dillon had been smoking crack. Okay. Oof. And your, I don't know. If and your dad went like, the, your dad did the famous heifer and... <laughs> <laughs> I almost just did that. Yeah. But this is, this Oof. is, I illustrate this to, to I, I tell a story to make a point. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I went out there and I did it and the place erupted with laughter. Do you think the entire faculty went like what? that? The kids loved it, but the faculty was like, Ooh. Well, the funny thing was. He won't be invited back. The, the funny thing was that they're, uh, no, do you know afterwards? So, so they were worried about me speaking in the first place. Okay. Because they were like, like there was faculty who was up in arms about it. Sure. Because they were like, he makes R-rated yeah, stoner yeah, movies. Yeah, they were worried about what I was disreputable. Gonna say comic. Yeah, and in fact, I, I opened with that joke. But then, ultimately, part of my speech was, this school is where I learned to apply myself. Oh. And I and because because the dean of the of the school. Uh, in introducing me, he said, this student holds the, the record for the largest jump in GPA. Wow. And so I came out and said, this school is where I learned to apply myself. Yeah. And this school changed my life, you know? Yeah. And if I'm here uh, speaking to you guys, then anything is possible. You can accomplish anything. Right. Even if you're not at your highest point yet. And then you fail out of college. That, they don't know that. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know that. But And yet and yet here I was, even with that. Absolutely. I was giving a commencement Absolutely. speech. Absolutely. And here you are. At that school. At and, a certain level of success that, that no one achieves. And by the way, even at the college where I, I failed out or dropped out, as, yeah. it, as it were, sure. I am still listed as a notable alumni. A very notable. One of the most. That's right. One of the most. That's correct. Right. So kids, anything's possible. Yes. You can fail out of college yeah. and still. In fact, do that. Be recognized by that college. And I have <laughs> an honorary degree from you do. You that do. college. Actually, that's true, too. Yeah, I do. The administration showed up yeah. at one of our live shows to yeah. deliver me said honorary degree. Whether or not An honorary doctorate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but my point is, my point okay, is this, okay, okay. is that your dad gave yeah. me one of those yeah. when I said the thing. Yeah. You just now almost gave me a, yeah. you were like, oh, I don't know, I don't yeah. know, yeah. which is probably what you were saying at the time. And yet the students love it. And after my speech, one of the faculty members who was like, you know what? I was one of the ones who was opposed to you coming. Yeah. Said that was an incredible speech. And I am sorry for opposing because yeah, that punch him in the face. that was wonderful, right? Then you punch him in the face. Yeah, so that, that shows you asshole. Exactly. But here's my but point. that's what you do to me. Right? Here's here's my point. Yeah, go. You and I and yeah. and the Lemmys and the Heffernans have yeah. different ways of approaching a toast. That's true. And my my approach, you, you know, because because I think where you and I do agree is that a toast in front of a familiar crowd, right? Is an easier toast to get. You've got people on your side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just not suck. Yeah. And so my formula has always been, like Eddie's, I think, is come out, give an, a, like an edgy joke. Sure. A, like a, a racy joke at the beginning. Right. Then, like, 
probably rag on somebody in the audience, yeah. you know, like, like, what's up, dick face or something like that. You know, like, make fun, like where'd you get that shirt? Like, what time is a pizzeria? Want that shirt back? Yeah, you right. know, and like everybody right. laughs a right. second time. And then you say, what we're here to do is honor our friend so-and-so or whatever, you know, the, this married couple, this couple's yeah, going to yeah. get married. You tell, you tell a funny story about them. Sure. And then everybody's laughing. You, you calm it down a little bit and you're like, right. but... Something, something I will tell you emotional. something that really, and your voice cracks. Your voice cracks. Your voice cracks. <laughs> you know, something I do, ha and take a, a moment. Right. There's some acting in here. Yeah. And then you bring the house down. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about their character. Sure. And then for years, they're talking about that speech. Yeah. Remember the toast Lemmy gave at your wedding? Yeah. I mean, was that good or was that good? And then you can, and then you can... You can end it with one of two ways after you've after you've made people cry. Yeah. About like I'm telling a story about Kevin Heffern, I'll make them cry. Right. And then I can either use a treacle cutter. Right. Which is when like in a comedy treacle cutter. That's a comic term. That's a comedy writing term. Yeah. You have uh, the 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 serious moment and then you break it with like Buddy was a fucking asshole. Bada boom, <laughs> and then everybody laughs. laughs. Right. Or you can say, and you know what? You let them wallow in those tears oh and you say so let's raise a glass to okay. this person it's that's really how you give art. a toast it's an art that's how you give a toast yeah. but terry mcconkey doesn't believe in this well terry conkey doesn't believe it but i would say i believe in that except for i don't do the one thing i don't do is the racy i don't do the racy opening right, right? that's not my thing that's not your style but that's good because we compliment each other right yeah. it's like look at that poster okay the burning sensation is back everyone liked that tagline i didn't like that tagline right um because i thought it was a little vulgar yeah. It's a, a venereal a disease. Untoward. It's a venereal disease right. uh, tagline. And my, you know, we get these things, we get these posters and stuff, and then we decide, you know, we, we come to our own conclusions when we first see it, and then we talk amongst each other, you know? Right. And so, um, you know, you're, you came in and was like, love that line. I was like, I didn't like that line. I didn't like that line. And Right. And your, your suggestion. What was my suggestion? Your suggestion was like, uh, you know, uh, more jokes. You know, like uh, like season four, like coming back oh, right. to tell more jokes. <laughs> right. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I, I thought but we it was could come like, up with a line. It was something like that. Well, right? I, I did want something on the poster saying, to, to saying, come on back, it's a new season. Right. But that burning sensation line, I thought, was a little uh, vulgar. Right. And I, I was like, no, absolutely yeah. no. That's a great tagline. And you're right, because everyone says, that's a good tagline. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was the one going trying to kill it. Yeah. So like we had we had the Broken Lizard Boys over again the other day for right. a super we secret writing, yeah. super secret meeting. Yeah. And they were looking at all the Tacoma posters. Yeah. And and Jay was like, oh my god, I love that burning sensation line. Yeah. Love that one. That's yeah. the best one of all these taglines. And then I say, tried to kill it. Yeah. But there are things you know, you and I, and I don't want to go too deeply into them. But, okay. Okay. But, but that is the nature of a good. Uh, creative collaboration. That's right. Because right. we have that yin and yang. Yes, yin and yang. I don't want to like, okay, yes, this one was when I was pushing that you were against. Yeah. We have the reverse of that. Right. There are plenty of times and we, and we have, uh, I think, we have fun with that. We've, and we've Definitely. talked about this like in whether it's Tacoma FD or it's the Broken Lizard movies that we've made, there are times where we have these creative differences where one guy's like, I know that's funny and one guy's yeah. like, I know it's not funny. Yeah. And then, you know, you go to the test screening and there's the moment of truth. You know, and, and, and usually what like what wins out in the test screen is like, well, let's see. Let's put it up in front of the audience and yeah. see if it works. And if it doesn't, we'll dump it. And if it does, we'll keep it. Yeah. And there's that moment of truth where the where the moment is coming up and your heart starts racing because yeah. we're like, you know, a couple <laughs> seats down from the guy. And then it happens. Either they laugh or they don't. And then both guys. They look at each other across the room. Make eye contact. And we know. 
we know who know. you know who got that one. That, can I tell my favorite uh, test screening story? I would love, real quick. Love for you to. Thing. I would love for you to. Okay, so it's not, it's not on your list. Though. It's not on my list. Okay. See, see, I know. We're I'm going off book. You're flowing, but I like the story. So um, we uh, were test screening Super Troopers two uh, down in Orange County, and you go down there. It's a big theater, three hundred people, and. Um, uh, what we do is we record the audience so that you listen to the audience and then what you do is you go back and you lay the audience track against the picture and then you can see exactly where the laughs are in the movie. So uh, it's just something, you know, a lot of people do, we do it. And um, so what you have to do is record the audience uh, uh, during the screening. And so I actually had the recording device. I had it uh, with me. And so I just sat, you and I, we, we sat in the middle of the audience uh, to, to feel what it was like to, to be in the Super Troopers 2 audience. First time we showed it to a, uh, an audience. And we put the recording device down and we recorded the thing. So we get through the movie and um, went really well. We went back to the edit room mm -hmm. and we laid this track in and we start to play it. And as we play it, all I can hear on the recording track is crunching. <laughs> All I can hear is crunching. Like, I can't hear the audience. For the first, like, half an hour of the movie, all I hear is, unk, 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 unk. And it turns out you got a thing of nachos. Yeah. And you put the nachos right next to the recording device. And then you ate the nachos next to the recording device inadvertently. Yeah. And it ruined the first half hour of our uh, research yeah. because all I could hear was nacho crunching. Yeah. And That's you've also, in general, you've always found me to be a horsey eater and, anyway. It is a little bit that like when way. I chew and my especially gum. with nachos. And I was like, could you just hold off on the nachos, really, just for the first half an hour of our I test You know, you should have uh, warned me that the device was right next to me. I would have put my nachos <laughs> on the matter. other it side. Went, it went very well. Hey, Blue Chew wants you to have better sex. You, Kevin. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. That's nice, right? Man, I love that tagline. We're on a blue couch. Hey, we got a great deal for our listeners here, okay? You go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code TALKOMA, T-A-L-K-O-M-A. That's T-A-L-K-O-M-A. And you'll get the first month free, okay? Just all you pay is $5 for whoa, shipping whoa, and handling. Whoa, bro. Yeah, bro. You free? Go free. Free ninety nine. That's the price. Isn't it like uh, other places, like you know, like ten bucks a pill or something like that? Yeah, isn't it? You don't. You don't want that. You don't want that. No. You get it free. You get it free. First month free. Go to bluechew.com, Enter the promo code Talkoma. T A L K O M A. That's great. Your month free. You know what happens? It's totally discreet. It's online. You answer a few questions. You consult with their uh, their licensed medical uh, professionals, and you find out what plan works for you. And the mailman shows up and makes it rain. Makes it rain. You stuff a couple of bills in his uh, in his G string, send him on his way. He'll wonder he'll wonder why you're putting uh, <laughs> bills in his G string. He'll wonder as a postman why he's wearing a G string in the first place. But you know why he is? Yeah, because you now live on Sex Street. Hey, baby, maybe that's what you get for your postman, uh, like for Christmas uh, prescription. prescription. Yeah. Well, what you do is you give your your postman says, "Hey, man." Why are you so happy? Right. And you say, why? Because I'm the best lover on the planet. He says, yeah. why is that? And you say, because I subscribe to BlueChew.com. And so can you, and Mr. Postman. And then he does it, and then he just delivers to himself. and cuts out the middleman. Exactly. Damn. Like, imagine how happy the Damn. postman is when he gets to the post office. Right. And he sees there's a package with oh, his name on it. this one's for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tip for himself. All Merry right. Christmas to me. So go to bluechew.com, get more details, more information, you get the safety information about it. Promo code TALKOMA, T-A-L-K-O-M-A. And thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, who more do? Yagar bra, taxamiket. 
Jag är Steve. Hey, sniga brilor. Okay, what language am I speaking? What did I just say? I was speaking Swedish. I said, hi, how you doing? I'm doing well. My name is Steve. Cool sunglasses. Now, here's the thing. If you want to learn a language, the best way to do that is by immersion, living in a place where the language is spoken. But since nobody really gets to do that, the next best way is with Babel. Okay, Babel has their own theme song. It's my favorite sound in the world because that sound is the sound of learning. That's right. With Babel, for just 10 minutes a day, you could be speaking a new language in three weeks. And if you can do that in three weeks, just imagine what you could do in a whole year. Okay, so if like one in five people, learning a new language is on your bucket list for 2024, Babel is the place to go. Okay, because for just 10 minutes a day, in three weeks, you can be learning practical stuff like asking for directions, uh, ordering food off a menu, asking for help, how much does something cost, and you don't have to use one of those clumsy language apps. So we have a special deal for our listeners, okay? You listen to Tacoma, you go to babble.com slash Tacoma, okay? That is B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Tacoma, T-A-L-K-O-M-A, and you will receive 55% off of your Babbel subscription. That's for our listeners only. So 55% off, go to babbel.com slash talkoma, okay? Rules and, restriction, rules and restrictions apply. Now, studies by Yale University of Michigan have shown that 15 hours of Babbel is the equivalent of an entire semester at a college. What does that say to me? Well, one of two things, either that college is a waste of time or that Babbel is just as good as going to a college. I prefer that. So go to babbel.com slash talkoma. 55% off your subscription to Babbel. You will be learning Swedish in three weeks or Spanish or Italian or Russian or Chinese. It doesn't matter. Any language you want. Okay. Developed by over 150 language experts, Babbel is conversational. It's practical. And it's the way to go if you want to learn a new language. Talk to me, Ket. Hey, Doa. Um, the other thing about this speech, uh, these speeches thing is that you, you had this thing you said a couple times, and I always questioned it, and you said it was a thing that uh, was this uh, thing, of, it ain't rocket surgery. It ain't rocket surgery. Yeah. It ain't rocket surgery. Yeah. And I know I corrected you a couple times. Where it, was, it ain't rocket science. Ain't right. That's the saying is it rocket science. Yeah. You're like, it's not rocket science or yeah. it's not brain surgery. Right. And but I said, you were like, I know that you were doing this intentionally. Yeah. I said, that's the joke. Right. And then even cousin but, Bill, cousin Bill came in. He, he was like, yeah, Kev, that's the joke. <laughs> but I thought you had some friend that rocket that, surgery that used to say that all the time. No, for real. Uh, no, I remember we uh, like uh, uh, it ain't rocket surgery. Jay and I, uh, if I remember correctly, Jay and I, and my memory has come into question lately. But uh, we were down in Baton Rouge. <laughs> why, why is your memory? Because of COVID? Working <laughs> Dukes of it. No, when we had Heather on a couple of weeks ago or last <laughs> okay. week, she was telling me. But you know, like sometimes when telling a story, you like to embellish, sure, and start to exaggerate things, and so it yeah. seems like you don't remember properly. But yeah. but anyway, I remember uh, hearing rocket surgery for the first time back when we were making Dukes of Hazard. Sure. We were hanging out with like, but do you think people, when they watch you say that in the episode, well, that's not the right saying. Like, it's one of those deals where you don't know if it's, if you're making a joke, you're not making a joke. I think a lot of people uh, know that. Do, do you, you know, in fact, 
everybody who's uh, watching this right now, <laughs> hit us up on social media hit and us tell up. us whether or not you have heard of the term rocket surgery before, or if you thought I was a moron rocket for saying surgery. It. Yeah, it ain't rocket surgery. It ain't rocket surgery. Because huh. it's it ain't rocket science. It ain't brain surgery. Like everyone sure. knows those. Sure, it's not rocket surgery. You mix them together. Yeah. In fact, I thought you should have been able to make the jump because even making the jump was not rocket surgery. Make the jump when we were filming. Yeah. Okay. But right. you know, it is like it is a funny thing. You know, so Kevin and I know each other very well, don't we, Kev? I think so. It is funny. Like even at the beginning of this podcast, when we weren't getting along. <laughs> like Kevin and I can look into each other's eyes and we can sense something. And like I know when I'm when I'm bugging Kevin or I know when Kevin is affected and vice versa. Right. Yep. You know, and like I remember doing rocket surgery and I could see like yeah. you like That's something not compute. That's something not compute. happened in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. computer got yeah. jammed up. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. second time, and that was it was after the second one where you, because the first time you, you were like, oh, he just fucked up his line, right? The second time was when you came in, you were like, do you, uh, you know, you're saying rocket surgery? I was like, yeah, and you're like, the, the, that's it, not the it, same. It's actually rocket science and brain surgery. I was like, I know that's a thing, and then Bill immediately jumped sure. in a piggyback. Sure. sure, but you know, that's Bill and I have bonded about, uh, you know, what it's like to deal with you. I guess so. We'll talk. We can talk to him about it. I can't wait. We'll have mine later. I can't wait to talk. Um, one of the big uh, guest stars in this episode. Yeah. Uh, our old friend, Mr. MC Ganey. Right. Who uh, plays McSwiggins, who is uh, the old timer who used to haze me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of want to do a little bully, uh, a little bully episode. Yeah. Where Terry Stedden's up to his bully. Yeah. And uh, so we went and got uh, one of the all time greats, MC Ganey. Um, he, we've worked with him so many times. He's been in Club Dread, Beer Fest. He was in Dukes of Hazard, uh, all kinds of stuff. And, and you know this guy. I mean, you see him in everything. He's in Con Air, and he was in Django, and he was in Lost, and he's got like two hundred breakdown, at, like basically, and like starting, I don't know, in like the late eighties, nineties, the seventies. This is how far back he goes. Yeah, he was in the original Dukes of Hazard TV show, and he was on Happy Days. He was on Happy Days. As a tough guy? I, I don't know. Probably. I can't even remember. As a tough he, trucker. I, but like, you know, uh, uh, people watching this thing don't even know what Happy Days is. But he was on Happy Days. It's true. But, but it's like, I remember the first time seeing him, and it was in all those like con airs and breakdowns and all those movies with like Danny Trejo and like the t and he had like, and MC had a, a long ponytail. Yeah, yeah. And he was striking. Yeah. He, and he was badass. Oh, yeah. Because he's like six foot six or something like that. But he still carries himself, though. He's the, he's the most gregarious guy and the funniest guy and the sweetest guy, but he has that toughness to him. Yeah. And like he'll, he takes over a set. Like he'll walk on a set and be like, hey, buddy, hey, you, hey, buddy, boo, you know? And he, I, I remember the first time I met him, mm -hmm. which uh, went awry a little bit. You fucked up. I fucked up. But we, we were casting Club Dread. And uh, we were meeting actors, and he came in to meet for the part that he ultimately got, Hank. And um, I was excited because we're we're character actor fans, you know. We love those character actors that are memorable, and MC was always one of those guys. And I, I think I probably had recently seen Con Air, yeah, where you know he he's in Con Air, and uh, so I was excited to see him on the list. I was excited to see him, but you see him on the list, and you just see his name written on the list, and it says MC Ganey, yeah, and it didn't have any. Punctuation in it, so I thought that was his name. I mean, clearly, you're a human computer, like you know, syntax. I mean, sure, jeez, that fucked you up. It did totally fuck me up. And so, like, I was so excited to meet him. 
you know, I, I, I was going to talk to him about, you know, what movies I loved him in, da, 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 da. And I went out, it was my job. Like I went out and greeted him in the waiting room in front of all the other, you know, actors that are sitting there. And I walked out to him and I'm like, oh, Mick Ganey, it's so great to meet you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge fan of you and I can't believe Mick Ganey's coming to see us and whatever. And he looked at me, he's like, uh, it's MC Ganey. That's my name, MC <laughs> Ganey. And I was like, oh, I thought, I thought it was Mick. I thought it was like one word, like share. Yeah, like McDonald's, <laughs> Mick Ganey. And so it started off on a... On a rather bad note. Yeah, well, and you have to you imagine, I mean, this is a guy who, like, look, he's an actor, he's a great actor, yeah. but, you know, he came up, you know, he was, you know, a, a tough guy. In tough real guy. In real life. Yeah. So, like, you have to assume that his wiring is still uh, such that he's going right. to look at a guy like you. Yeah. Immediately hate me. And hate you. <laughs> you know, and me hate even more. <laughs> yes. I actually feel with MC, like, I mean, he's a really intimidating guy. Yes. And I and I feel like it it took us a long time to like really click. Like it he, did when we when we made Club Dread. Like he and he and Bill. I mean, he played Bill's body. Bill there, Paxton, yep. essentially. Yep. And those guys, they had probably acted in some things together. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I remember talking about them, and they just became fast friends when yeah. we were down in Mexico. I mean, they just just you know, fast friends, inseparable guys at that point. Started you know, party buddies down in Mexico, and then afterwards, they started vacationing in that town where we shot Club Dread. Yeah, every year they would go meet up again. They yeah. just you know, they they got along incredibly well. But I always felt that he looked at me the, the way we were talking about. Like he just hated me. I was like, you know, a five eight college boy yeah you know right who like and he's not that guy no he's not that guy yeah and uh yeah i i I was definitely intimidated him uh and then we got to know him so well on club dread but i was intimidated we had this moment i don't remember this on club dread but we um he has this big speech right where he we first kind of meet him and he talks about you know uh finding serial killers and you know his career and whatever it was this guy's playing a game but we're gonna play right back just keep cool, and this cat will come to us. And when he does, I promise you, I'll be there with my whopping stick. <laughs> so uh, we shot that whole scene, and we shot his stuff, and, um, and he was great. And uh, what happened was uh, the, the uh, film got fucked up, mm. and uh, his takes got ruined, like his side of the shots got ruined. And, you know, and so we had to shoot again and he did such a good job. And so I, for some reason, was the guy and went and told him and I was so fucking scared. Hey, Mick. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Mick Ganey. Um, it just so happens that your film got ruined and that performance that you put on it no longer exists. So I went to go tell him this and um, I was I was scared, you know, because I didn't know how, you know, he was going to react. I didn't know him that well. And um and he, I told him this, and he went, yes. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He goes, that's, that's good. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, Kevin, let me tell you something. As an actor, you always want another take. He said, I, any actor would love to get the chance to do it over again because they think about what they did wrong. He goes, I think I did some things wrong. And I'm excited to get another shot at it. Mm. And I was like, that's such a fucking great attitude. Because mm. people, other people you go to, they'd be like, oh, Jesus. Eh. He yeah. was like, I love another swing at the, at the plate. You know yeah. what I mean? I love another shot at it. Yeah. 
And I thought that that was a great uh, reaction. Well, it's interesting. And that's his personality. That's the kind of guy he is. And that's the thing about MC is like he's a big tough guy, and then you work with him, and you realize that he actually cares about the craft of acting, and he yeah, cares he about what he's doing. Yeah. And I actually think what the cool thing about MC is like is after Club Dread, his career started to make a turn. Like he he appeared in the movie Sideways. Yeah. Which was you know a, a decorated film, and it, it's funny because. He does play a tough guy in that, right? But he's also totally nude, totally naked, dick hanging out. Do you remember hanging out with him beforehand? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We were at Mike Weaver's wedding. Our friend, our mutual friend, Mike Weaver, and MC would not eat or drink at right. the wedding. We're like, what the fuck? Why? You know, he's a good guy to eat and drink with. Yeah, and he wasn't eating or drinking. And and look, you know, so it's like he had to be nude next week. So <laughs> so Kevin does it. I do it. Like when we got ready for Club Dread, we dieted. Every every movie we make, every time we shoot a new season of Tacoma FD, we diet. Yeah. And we exercise and we start talking about it. Yeah. And, and we're like, what's your diet? Oh, I'm doing small portions. Yeah. And then and I'm I'm doing two a days. I'm exercising in the morning and then I'm hitting the treadmill at night. And you start to realize and then like people bring you a pizza pie and you're like, Oh, god damn it. You get mad at them for like doing something nice, like, oh, why'd you bring cupcakes? You fucking asshole. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> And and then you start to talk about the fact that you're talking like this way, and you're like, "I oh, was sure. such fucking yeah, yeah, like loser, like God. douchey actors." Yeah. But it's nice that then a guy like MC Ganey, yeah. who is not that kind of guy, not at all, has a nude scene, right? And of course, he's worried. And about you can't it. even give shit about it, no, because he's too tough. He's too tough. You're like, come on now, fuck it, man. I gotta waggle my dick around for Alexander Payne. Yeah, you kidding me? You know, that's exactly what it sounds like. And uh, he did. And uh, it's a memorable scene. There's no question about it. Yeah, go, go He's watch, the big naked guy running down the street. Go watch Sideways. sideways. Fantastic. Go watch but anyway, this was the perfect guy to play your nemesis, the one that hazed you when you were a probie. Yeah. His name is McSwiggins. McSwiggins was the name of an Irish bar we used to go to yep. in New York City. Yeah. Um, Sounds like an asshole name. Yeah, McSwiggins. And, uh, of course, this also leads to Toilet Terry, you know. Yeah, the Toilet Terry thing, it was... Uh, there was a story, right? I can't remember where it came from, though, but it was like uh, a guy who would take a nervous shit. Is it a firefighter story? A guy so, would always have, or Bill's story. So there's, there's two things. There's two versions. Okay. Well, we know a guy who takes those nervous poops. Uh, that's Jay, Shandor Sackar. Before every, he does? Every time before we do stand-up comedy, oh, I don't think he, I know that. he would go and do that. I know he'd get drunk, but I don't know if he would. He would do both. He'd, he'd get drunk and, okay. and poop. Okay. Um, but we had- Nervous shit. We had heard, it, it wasn't so much a nervous thing, but it was about sometimes as a firefighter, yeah. you're fighting a fire and you're in the middle of a blaze yeah. and you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. And you're in a building with no people in it. And so there are times where they have caught other firefighters like on the can sure. and you've got the turnouts and everything and they're there in their, in their tanks, in their SCBAs. Because right. they've got to breathe, but they're using the toilet. <laughs> okay. And how it's just a funny way to find one of your, you know, your 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 partners. Okay. All right. Um, and, but we worked that into your backstory. Toilet right. Terry. You know, back when your chief was a probie, and I use my quotation marks mockingly. Figured. Every call we got, he had to take a nervous shit. You'd be in a burning building, break down a door, only to find this guy perched on the shitter. That happened once, maybe twice, yeah. just once. But that's how you got your nickname, Toilet Terry. Okay, because I, I couldn't remember where it came. Like, there was also that story, I don't know if we're allowed to you know, share, or we should share or not, but like, like Brian Cox got caught on the set of Super Troopers taking a shit on the set, right? Like, somebody walked in on him, and he... he Stole Hansky. 
Yeah, and he got Logan Roy, he got Logan Roy mad at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because the problem was, you know, with Super Troopers, it was a low budget movie, and yeah. I guess we didn't even have the money to put a lock on the door of the bathroom. Sure. And so, and it wasn't like a trailer, and we didn't have trailers on Super Troopers, right? So it was just on the set, and Brian was in there, and Eric walked in on him, and and Brian was was like, "Oh, fuck off! Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> Does anyone remember privacy? Yeah. And now, like, you know, when we make Super Troopers 3, he's going to yell at us for te- telling true. these stories about him. That's true. I, I, well, it's not like the shitter story is like he was doing something wrong. Like, we have shitter stories where people took shits on sets in toilets that were fake toilets. Yeah. Season three yeah. of Tacoma FD. Yeah. Somebody, somebody did. Well, right? we had, we had the, the, we built the bathroom set. Right. It does not a real bathroom. It doesn't no. have real, it's not real running water in there. Yeah. And, and somebody went in there and took a shit in the toilet. Yeah. And who, like, you're like, who the fuck did that? Yeah. What dummy did that? Yeah. Can you imagine their fear, though, when they went to go flush the toilet and <laughs> nothing there? And nobody ever fessed up on that one. No, it's true. Uh, the other thing that was funny about it with MC was that uh, I got to fight him, uh, where we had this elaborate brawl mm-hmm. between uh, MC and myself. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I felt bad because I was fucking winded and uh, hurting, and um, you know, he was taking it more than I was. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you like kicked was, his ass. I did, and, and, and I felt kicked... bad too because in, in real life, even though you know he's he's older than I am, he probably kicked my ass anyway. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, I mean, but, but you know, the the nice thing is we we did get some stunt guys in there to take care of us. You know, well, you <laughs> you have to. I mean, it's like, yeah. like first of all, it's like it, I remember watching you and MC, and then also the stunt guys. It's yeah. like uh, if everybody's ever seen the documentary grizzly man yeah when the two grizzly bears uh wrestle each other and actually one takes a shit while they're uh, <laughs> while they're wrestling but uh that's what it was like like sure. this is a heavyweight battle yeah and your stunt doubles yeah my son was ken clark who, and uh he ken clark doubled me in club many dread. many things in club, dread. club dread he did well you know i have a picture of us way back then we could throw it up there yeah uh but he did club dread and uh, Slam and Salmon, mm-hmm. he doubled me in Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. uh, and then he's doubled me a little bit in this show, and he doubled me for this fight. And then uh, the other guy, Stephen Brailer, and Steve Brailer, he was in Quasi. Yeah. And if people remember from Quasi, um, it's the guy that Gabe stabs, and he has to stab him on the ground. He's the guy who won't die on the ground. Yeah. And then we used him again. He's a uh, he's a guy chasing you through the. Um, He's the guy who goes, Merd! You know, he, he yeah, he's chasing me the, through the, the market the and market then the town place. square yeah. and the hall. The... So Steve's also a guy who we've worked with a bunch of times. And it was fun to have them. And, you know, actually I actually have a good picture uh, of the four of us kind of standing together in, okay. our, in our outfits. We'll throw that up too. But Steve and, and, uh, and Ken, they did, you know, they did all the flipping over in the chairs and all that bullshit. <laughs> Here's the thing. You need, we need stunt doubles. Ah, oh, fuck, man. I tell you, I, you know, and Ken is probably, you know, he's a little, probably a little younger than I am, but. But still, he's a very experienced and been around for a long time stuntman. He also looks exactly like you. And he looks like me. But he looks like a much tougher version of me. <laughs> he does. There's a tougher version. He has a tough version yeah. of you. Yeah. He's a stuntman. But we need stuntmen because I've realized anytime we have not used stuntmen, people get hurt. Super Troopers, we yeah. had the big fight scene at the end, uh, you know, at the airstrip. Yeah. Who got punched? Weaver? Uh, it Somebody. Was James Grace. Oh, James Grace got, got punched. Hit, got hit with a, a flashlight, right? The flashlight. Face. Yeah. Smash his nose. Yeah, he production. played uh, Officer Rando. 
Who knows? It's Officer Smy Rando. or Rando. It's Rando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he got hurt then. And, you know, when we did uh, the Stipe episode with Gabe, uh, Stipe's, you know, we didn't use stunt doubles because it's sure. supposed to be an easy fight. And Stipe's, the tip of his finger hit Gabe's nose and knocked Gabe out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I hit him. I hit him. I'm sorry. I hit him. Holy shit. I, right. oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I actually hit him. I'm sorry. <laughs> My finger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I hit him. <laughs> awesome. oh <laughs> in Dukes of Hazard, I uh, like I, I'm in the opening scene of Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Um, chasing the General Lee. Yep. You're hanging out the the uh, the window, the, the truck, sh- the right? Sh- the pickup truck. Yeah. So my with father a shotgun. Yeah. Barry Corbin, my father is driving, yeah. and I'm Barry Corbin. I'm shooting the shotgun at the General Lee, and I said, you know, I want to do this stunt. Yeah. Yeah. So because I was trying to be tough. Yeah. It's trying to be a tough guy, and uh, and they're like, "All right, we're going to harness you in, so that way you can get the shot of me like shooting." Sure, right. Otherwise, that part is going to go to a stuntman, right? But I said, "I, I want to do it," and so they harnessed me. So yeah. I'm, I'm sitting with my butt on the, you know, I'm sitting out the window, right. leaning out the window with my butt on, and I'm harnessed in there so that in the off chance that something goes bad in this car chase, right? You I don't, don't fly. fly out the fucking yeah, right, right. And sure enough, and it's you know, it's it's a. a, a it's through the forest, basically. This this, this car right, chase. Right, right. It's a chase in the woods with yeah. like the trucks fishtailing, the General Lee's fishtailing, yeah. and sure enough, the 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 driver lost control of the car, and we skidded out and smashed into a tree. Yeah, and that uh, the harness did catch me. Right. Luckily, but if that had been like a foot to the oh left, oh my god, I would have been dead. Oh my god. But I still uh, like I did get hurt. Yeah. And I was done for the day. Sure. And no more doing my own stunts. I remember that. That was a. That was kind of scary. And those are those kind of things like, ah, you know, no big deal. I think the older we get, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, I saw a great <laughs> clip of uh, Brad Pitt the other day. He was talking about uh, stuntmen. And he's and, and he was talking about just getting older. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't like, uh, I don't like shooting at night anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I let stuntmen do all my stunts. <laughs> yes. And uh, in fact, I have forgotten the first rule of Fight Club. And everyone <laughs> laughed and I was like, all right, anyway. Right. But yes, stuntmen are a plus. Oh. Um, the other thing about this um, episode where this was the subplot of these guys, this Mission Impossible kind of subplot, right? Where, uh, you know, while we have all our business, we got to figure out what these other guys are doing. And yeah. so we came up with this uh, fantasy football winnings uh and that these guys would have to go try to figure out how to get this money from this corpse. Yeah. And uh, so it was Granny and Ike and Lucy were the, were the three stooges in yeah. this episode where they were sneaking around. And some of that stuff was the stuff we had to write you out. Because I think maybe you were probably involved in some of those scenes. And then, and then you know, we had to take you out because of the COVID. But, yeah, which was fine. Which is fine. Just less work for me. Um, but, but, you know, because sometimes, you know, here's the thing about this, this plot is uh, fantasy football is something near and dear to our hearts. Yes. And getting money... That you've won can sometimes be difficult. And Granny wanted that money, even though the guy was dead. Right. And so now they've got the Mission Impossible. How do you get the money from that guy (laughs) who has died? Right. And now you've got to navigate some things. Yeah. Including his wife. His wife. His widow. Who was played by Gina Hecht. A legend. And you you, uh, would read her name and it would say Gina, G-I-N-A. But she goes by Gina. Right. Which is always a very funny, it's like the MC Gainey thing, right? Yeah. Like, I loved her. Uh, you know, she was, uh, well, Night Shift. She's Henry Winkler's wife in Night Shift yeah. all those years ago. You know, and she was on Mork and Mindy. You know, she's on tons of stuff. She's on the show Dave now. But um, anyway, we always loved her. And she came into this part with us. And uh, I was like, Gina, so good to meet you. She's like, it's Gina. 
Yeah. And I was like, ah, damn it, I yeah. did it again. Well, and that was the thing is you told me that story. And then I was coming back to the set, you know, post COVID. Post COVID. And I made the mistake too. I was like, Gina, she goes, she goes, it's Gina. And I was like, oh, right. Right. She's like, she goes, I know. It's stupid. And and, and I was like, it's no, no, it's not. It's your it's your name. She's like, it should be Gina. No Gina. No Gina. Yeah. Come on. But she was awesome. We we grew up watching her. She was fantastic. Wonderful. I always love having the uh the trained actors. Oh yeah. Because we're not She's very professional. She did a great job. She was awesome. Like you watched that episode and she hit everything. She acted drunk at times. She was you know, she was dismissive of Terry, and in the end, she was she was sinister. Thanks, Granny. That is so sweet of you. Of course. <laughs> Sucker. But that was also the plot. Part of the plot was that you know Hassie was going to distract everyone by singing Danny Boy. And, you know, Danny Boy is a, it's a firefighter song in the sense, you know, they, they sing it at the wakes and they sing it at the funerals. And well, it's an Irish song. It's an Irish, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, you know, the idea was that at some point someone would sing it. The funny thing is that, you know, and, you know, Hassie, I love her. I love you. Um, but um, she's not careful. And she's a talented and funny and wonderful person and actor, but careful. She's, she can't really carry a tune. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Is that don't unfair say to say? How Is that we, unfair to say? How did we find out? Uh, well, we found out in season one when we did the disco inferno scene. Yeah. Right? We did the shower scene where all the guys were and 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 Lucy were singing disco inferno in the shower, which was a based on like the white shadow of those, you know, yeah. the show The White Shadow, where everyone's singing in the showers. So anyway, um, so each guy had to come in to the ADR booth and record their versions. Uh, of singing it, and then we would marry it all together, and then we put the sound into the scene later. And she came in, and she she couldn't quite hit the the notes on it, not quite. <laughs> and uh, and it's funny because you, you you we were in the booth with her, right? And you were trying to coach her, right? Burn, baby, burn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it it took a while. I think we got there. <laughs> Well, that's why they have machines. You know? I think that's we got there. Computers do that shit. But so the idea was, let's have her sing Danny Boy here. And she was such a great, we leaned into it. And you know, she's intentionally singing bad now in this. Intentionally. Thing. Intentionally. We told her just to be yourself. <clears throat> oh, Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. From land to And the funny thing is, is that there are only a couple of us who actually, like, I didn't know the words to Danny Boy. Yeah. I know of Danny Boy. Yeah. I think Marcus n knows of Danny yeah, Boy. Yeah, Gabe. Yep. Um, As an Irishman, Gabe knew. Well, Gabe, Gabe knew. Yeah. He, he knew the lyrics, but we yeah. were all, it was fun. That morning, we were all, like, the night before, I started to learn. Sure. Well, I sent it to everybody. You did. Way in advance. Yeah. I was like, I know this is going to be a fucking problem. And- Look at the scene. You got 40 extras also singing Danny Boy. And yeah. it can't be like they're not getting it right. Like, it's got to be like, this right. is the song everyone knows. Right. And so I sent it to you guys weeks in advance, and none of you fucking looked at it. None of you looked at it. What an accusation. Admittedly. And uh, meanwhile, for a week or two, I'm 
driving to the fucking set, singing it in my car. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but I sent, you know, lyrics and I sent videos of it, whatever, so we'd be ready. Well, I remember like um, a few of us, like I downloaded a version which wasn't to your liking. It was like... There are many versions. It was probably like a Harry Connick version or something yeah. like that. Or, or like a Josh Groban version or something right. like that. And the one I sent you. But but like, uh, it's probably the Irish tenors. It, it was, uh, yeah, Ronan Tyne. Ronan Tyne, yeah. your boy. Yeah, your boy, boy. Ronan yeah. Tyne. Yeah. But I remember, and it was the kind of thing like, you're so Irish, like you can't, it was one of those moments. Oh, Danny boy. Where we, were, we were in the, the make, hair and makeup trailer listening to like a yeah. version of it and you came in and you were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> You're like, there's a bullshit fucking version of this song. This is the one. And then Who you the put, fuck is this? Oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy. I love you so. All morning, we were, everyone was singing Danny crying. boy. Everyone was singing It's crying. such a sad song. It is so sad. I never knew. It's so sad. It's about... A father yeah. or a mother sending their child off to war, sending their little Irish boy yeah. off to off to oh, war horrible. against the British. Oh. It's sad. We oh. all cried when we did it, but oh. it was it came out I could, right. Also, O'Connor, Jason O'Connor, our our, um, our composer, he put the music in there, and that really beefed it up for us. Yeah. So. Um, you want to have a guest? I would love to have a guest. Uh, how about uh, our good friend, technical consultant, and Dutch Engels himself? Should we talk to Bill Heffernan? Yes, please. All right, let's do it. Cousin Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now uh, on Talkoma is our technical consultant, uh, also an actor in the current episode, and uh, my cousin, uh, Lieutenant William Heffernan uh, of the West Haven Fire Department. Thank you, everybody. Man, look at that fucking shirt, man. Look at that. That's thing. a good-ass shirt right there, bro. It's it is. It's a great okay. shirt. Um, there's a lot of shit we want to talk to you about, so let's jump in. Let's. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about this episode, uh, this idea in general about this firefighter wake uh oh, yeah. the idea came from you uh yes because you know i think you know what, what we try to do is get you know general kind of uh areas or, or things that would be common to all firefighters and then you know common to all kinds of people and and one of the things that we had talked about for a while was the, doing this wake episode but the trick for us was to try to crack it where it wasn't sad or tragic but uh a firefighter wake was something that you had talked about for a long time well there's, there's certain things that are you know, indicative to being a firefighter. Weddings, wakes, funerals, parades, conventions, you know, stuff like that. There's 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 a bunch of things that, that we need to address during the show and you know, that it makes for a great episode. When I pitched this to you, you said we can't do a funeral. It's a comedy, we're not allowed. I said, But let me tell you the story about my friend Chris O'Keefe. And then I think we were in Steve's backyard or something at the time and I I stood up and I'm doing almost like a stand up routine. And by the time I was done, I think Steve said, you know, we were thinking maybe a cold open. We're going to do a whole episode on this. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I tell you this so also, the, and I think Chris is a guy that we dedicated the episode to, right? And um, yes, there's yes, a little, you'll see there's a little card at the end, uh, who a guy who passed away prematurely, and um, and uh, we dedicated the episode to him. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the so the the adjustment we made is we didn't want him to perish in the line of uh, of duty. It was uh, your character was going to, you know, go out in a wood chipper accident. <laughs> but honestly, what the hell was Dutch doing jumping in a wood chipper? <laughs> I know. I told him he needed to hire someone to mulch those branches, but, well, at least he died doing what he loved. Saving money. 
But I think part of it was, you know, talking about it's the drinking and the crying and the speeches and the fist fights and things like that, which I think are uh, just make for fun stuff. Some, some of the stuff is, is probably not suitable for television. Correct. <laughs> but uh, Chris, Chris O'Keefe was in our little cartel of lockers. We had a little special corner that the guys had lockers in and, and we, you know, we leave our lockers open all the time help yourself to a bar of soap or toothpaste or whatever. He was notorious for taking your stuff and never giving it back. Right. And, and it was always, it was a running thing with him. It's like, I can't find such and such. Oh, Keith probably has it, you know, like that. And uh, I was up at the casket during the wake. And of course, you know, it's very emotionally charged. And it was, it was a horrible time. And I was standing with my friend Joe and he looks down into the casket and he says, holy shit. That's my tie bar. <laughs> I said, what? And then he starts to reach in to take it off the dead body. Oh, and I'm like, Joe, what are you doing? Stop that. And I goes, I've been looking everywhere for that. I knew we had it. I knew it. Like that, right? So I finally convinced him. I said, listen, I swear to God, we'll get that thing off of him before they put him in the ground. We'll put it back to the do Don't not do it take now. the thing <laughs> off in front of the family for the love of God. So we turn. And we, we walk away. We're, we're going to pay our respects. And I hear the guy behind me says, those are my fucking shoes. It's <laughs> <laughs> my hat. You know? So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was very comical. Now it wasn't, it wasn't really sure, at the time. Sure. You know, it wasn't. Sure. Hearing those things were the things that kind of inspire, you know, the ideas that, that yeah. you're doing. And then, you know, I think another part of the fun part of this was that, um, you know, you giving us these stories and being so involved. And then we're like, you know what, Bill? Why don't you play the dead guy? Why don't you yeah. play Dutch angles? And so we <laughs> we decided to put you in the casket, and then you would be the I dead mean, guy. But we've tried to get Bill <laughs> to act in the show before. Yes. Like in season two, we had him act in uh, in uh, episode seven. Yeah, there was a flashback. Yeah. A flashback of t- to the old timers, how, uh, how tough they were. It's going to get a lot worse. Here's what you do. Suck it up. Go to the bar, drink some shots, and earn the right to puke, you fucking pussies. <laughs> hey, maybe you should open up a flower shop. You fucking new guys. Why don't you go back to the station and knit each other a couple of sweaters? <laughs> Come on, let's go get a couple of steaks with extra fat. But unfortunately, we had to cut that scene out. Right. Not because of Bill's performance. Bill's performance was He excellent. just didn't want me to upstage her. That was the whole thing. Now, that's true. Exactly. It was because of Bill's performance. But that's good. what uh, the thing is in this episode is that, um, yes, you are dead. And um, yes, you don't speak. Well, I didn't <laughs> screw up one line all the time. But <laughs> you are ever present. And it's fantastic because you get a sense of who this guy is all the way through. He's a cheapskate. He's this. He's that. He's the other thing. And, and uh you know, there's so much kind of funny backstory to that character. And then, of course, there are your eyeballs. You know, originally you had the uh, the, the corpse contact lenses in when, yeah. they, when they open up your eyes. And we really liked that. There was a debate about whether we even needed to touch that. But then ultimately we decided to remove your eyes altogether. In VFX, they removed your eyeballs. Which uh, also cool. was a little bit disturbing, I thought. It's very disturbing. Um, but you had to sit there and you had to not breathe and you had to. What, how, how did that go? How did you enjoy acting as a corpse? Well, I was I was all set to to throw out you know the funny line. Boy, this is the most uncomfortable casket I've ever been in. But it was. It was horrible. It's like like lying on a ladder in there. And obviously, they're usually you know you only use them once and you're dead, so you don't care. But, yeah, they're not designed uh, for comfort, Bill. No, and of course I had to keep getting in and out of it too, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and the uh, 
you know, thank God for for Patrick and and his guys that they they made a, a shelf in there out of a piece of plywood that I could lie on because grips, yeah. my foot got caught at one point. I think we broke the hinge on the, the lid, you know. But it, it was uh, once once I was able to lie on something sturdy, it was okay. So you all get people climbing on you and playing with your face. Well, and yeah. the other thing was friggin' Marcus Henderson, you know, yeah, cranny. Gets a little carried away. Yeah, he's a big man, and he's we've all seen his his feats of strength. But he did something where you know all of a sudden they have to pretend. You know the the, the widow comes in and they're like, "Oh, oh, Dutch, oh, Dutch!" And he leaned over and he hit me in the stomach. Oh god! I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, I totally broke my ribs." You know, he came back to uh, life. And then he did it again. <laughs> And I, I think I said something like, you know, I'm going to get out of this casket sooner or later, Marcus. You better knock that shit off. But like, what am I going to do? The guy's like a freight train. Like, the other funny thing was um, was that death photo. Uh, you know, it's that photo we have. And, and we had it set up outside the bar. And then you see it. We have it up in the bar. And, uh, yeah, we got it. You know, there you go. Smiling Dutch. Smiling Dutch angles. Do you remember the, uh, the line about uh, it's not rocket surgery? And, yes. Uh, and do you want to uh, give your version of it, of Kevin? Of me? Of Kevin not re- not understanding that joke? Well, I just didn't. I was like, I was like, let me. It's it's rocket. The saying is rocket science. It's either it's rocket science or brain surgery or whatever. Right. But he said rocket surgery. I went right out there because I want him to keep that in. Uh, my partner for years, Eric Sobolewski, said that all the time. You say rocket you know, surgery? That? All the time. It's not rocket <laughs> surgery, you know. It's like his his. his his uh his shtick you know i mean he knew he didn't say it by mistake he would just say say it like that on purpose and uh, that's why i said to stan so if you leave that in it's great because eric's gonna say i put it just for him yeah but you know but kevin didn't kevin had never heard it before so he was he was objecting he's like it's not uh, it's not rocket surgery it's rocket science right or brain surgery right but it's funnier when it's rocket surgery surgery, but i I think it was but to me part of the problem also was if you don't call attention to it then people think that you're not telling a joke. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe we should make a joke out of it. Bill, we, you know, you know it, too. We sometimes have to explain things to Kevin. He, know. you know, he he catches yeah. up eventually. Hey, uh, uh, so we haven't talked to you in a little while, but you've seen a couple of the previous episodes, at least. Right. I mean, um, seen them all. we um, we spent a lot of time talking about you uh, in an earlier talk coma episode, which is the first one when when and when Lemmy played you in the uh, in the opening episode of the yeah. season where he was the technical consultant and he dressed like you and he and he drove a car like you i and, don't know if you and had a big butt like you well that was not my ass that was not his ass and we were very clear that that was that was a different thing that's just the lemmy sitting around ass and that that was not a bill ass but everything else uh was kind of like in the cousin bill uh vein even right? used my car use my car and wore a hawaiian shirt mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah it at all yeah and then you crit- tried to tell the director that they were screwing up and they didn't listen to you exactly. you guys on the other hand listen to me most of the time well, well you're, you're you're the te- technical consultant with the most juice in hollywood because your your brother is the creator of the show or your um, cousin yeah but there are times you know you'll come up and you'll be like no nah, we're not fucking doing that and uh but we talked about the arc of that in that episode where in the first season maybe you know it was a little bit more you know you're kind of scoping out the thing but now fourth season and, you know, you, you know us, obviously, you know me, and you know, now you know everyone else as well. Uh, there's, there's no pretense anymore. You can just walk up and oh. say, you know. No, now just go all, these, all these coast on you guys. You guys from California are too yeah. soft. Too. I don't know what he's talking yeah. about. He came out one day out here. It didn't even take a day. He shows up on set, convertible, 
Hawaiian shirt, sunglasses on his head. It's freezing cold out. He's already in shorts. Freezing cold. See, that's the problem. It was 70. Yeah. It never, never gets this cold. California is cold, man. That's 70? Cold. Woo! Come on. I was like, why is everyone dressed in a parka? They didn't tell me this was a winter scene. I thought we were just shooting a firehouse. Like guys had wool caps on and scarves. It's cold. What's going on? True. It's cold. I'm in a t-shirt. The blood gets thin when you live in the warmth, man. Oh, yeah. The blood gets Listen, thin after quickly. After staying out there for a whole season, I uh, put on a little jacket at one point. <laughs> I tried as hard as I could not to, but you know, this is this is what happened. Yeah, we didn't want to hurt your uh, your rep. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I came right out onto the set. I almost had to stop production during this this scene because Steve Lemmy, as a fire captain at a wake, went up to the bar and ordered a mind eraser. Like, <laughs> what do you think is you're that what doing? <laughs> what? What? I'm like, no one drinks. What are you in eighth grade? We don't drink mind erasers. You're a fireman. You're Jameson. Jesus. You guys, you guys don't. don't drink, you don't drink like Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> nah. Can I have well, a maybe you drink that on your own time. Not, yeah, on, not four, on my show. Four woo-woos and a mind eraser, please. Yeah, he was standing right next to you. you got, right in the beginning of the, of, the, of the wake. You got at the end of the bar. And, you know, oh, here's the Dutch and all that shit. Yeah. And like, a bartender, oh, a mind eraser. I said, no, you fucking won't. <laughs> and then we went, uh, we went right to the bourbons, right? Yeah, we went sausage yeah. and peppers and bourbon. Sausage and peppers right. and bourbon. It's a good, good combo. Typical wake. Um, That's it. And then the other uh, one of the other episodes that we had talked to you about you in this uh, Tacoma was the death photo one where you you know told us about this concept of the death photo where we were had talked about you know um, you know uh, the concept of a of a school picture you know and all and all the things you go through and then you guys you said that you guys have a very similar thing and you told us about the death photo and I thought that that uh, episode kind of captured it in a funny way. Because ironically, I just got done doing that again with with, with my department. We just took everybody. And took everybody's photo in the whole department. Uh, once again, our death photos. You know, yeah. we a lot of new guys now. A lot of big turnover, and uh, we made sure that we, we we got everybody, you know, in the, in the whole department to come down just like you did on the show. You know? yeah. Get your uniform on. Put your hat on. Get over there in front of the camera. You, know? you got to show them the episode in order to, to train them to the importance. That's of it. That death we can have a training video now. It's perfect. Boom. Anyway, uh, thank you, Bill. Thank you for being our technical consultant. Thank you for making our show authentic and reputable, and uh, and just good. And thank you for being Dutch Angles. Uh, you know, it's a, it's Kevin Costner in the Big Chill. You're Kevin Costner in the Big Chill. Right. I have used that analogy on many occasions since yeah. I did that. Uh, you're the guy in the coffin, and um, would be my breakout my breakout role. Way more FaceTime than Costner got in Big Chill, though. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, they cut him completely. Oh. Yeah, they cut him completely out. Yeah, just his hand or something uh, like yeah. that. Listen, you know, I, I've been thinking, and and I kind of screwed myself by playing a dead guy because now I can never be on a show again. Not true. However, if Multiple. you ever, if you ever watched Rescue Me, I can come back as a ghost. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm. That might be a great episode. You that know? could be good, or we can put you in a multiverse. Multiverse, or <laughs> we can do flashbacks. You gotta get, give me my uh, man sure. MC Ganey. Sure. sure, we can do the actual that's wood chipper moment. You're the yeah. moment. Look, we can even dig him up again. <laughs> we just wrote five episodes, guys. That's how easy TV is. Um, all, all right. right thanks, Bill. Bill. Good talking to you. We'll see you. Hey, right, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Always good to talk to Cousin Bill. Love Cousin always Bill. Always good to talk to Cousin Bill. Good mustache. You want to see a gag reel? Oh, I'd love to see a gag reel. You want to see a gag reel? Gag reel time. Have you seen Nope? Nope. Have you seen Up? Yup. Yup. Uh.
hey, look, there's Robertson. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. <laughs> she just said that she, the photos came from... What is it, Chag? <laughs> Stick to the plan, all right? We are coming up with I the plan. I just made right the now. plan! Man, she just made the plan. This is the worst alliance ever. <laughs> right pay attention, man! I, things move fast! What are we doing again? <laughs> hey, do you think he knows that those vowels are all connected to the same? <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, it also depends on, uh, you know, the severity of the... <laughs> That's how we signed up for the. Yeah, that's how we paid our registration fee. Yeah, that's how. What is it? Sign up fee. Entry fee. Yeah, that's how we. Yeah, that's how we paid. <laughs> You're camera guy. Yeah, You're camera guy. Camera guy, you just watch it back there. Yeah, you don't have a nickname, camera guy. You're just camera guy. Camera guy A, camera guy B. It's not working! I'm gonna try it. Don't put that one in. Hey, if Dutch taught us anything, it's that life is short. But so is Fensterman, so it's okay. I'm kidding. Fensterman, I'm kidding. Come on. You're short too, but easy. Yeah, but not as short as Fensterman. Dutch drank enough green beer to kill a village of leprechauns. And then what happened? He fucked them! <laughs> hey, watch your language back there. We all showered with the guy. We've seen it. He had a huge dick! <laughs> <laughs> you suck, but he's easy! Hey, 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 you cut. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, man. Uh, I had to give you some um, heckling, you know? Well, that's the thing. For it's the like... shooting of that. Uh, I mean, you need, you need a little heckling to get your... Well, when you're also giving a toast, up. when you're giving a toast... <laughs> You're expecting laughs. And so that was the thing where I was supposed to be giving a raucous toast. That's right. That's doing well. But for sound purposes, no one, no one is allowed to laugh. Yeah. Right. And it makes it, it's like, it's like doing like a bombing stand-up bit. I was bombing. Yeah. You're up there bombing yeah. and it only makes your performance worse. Exactly. So I decided to start heckling you. Which was great. Yeah. It was great. And, you know, and even then, then the, the extras started laughing and crew started laughing and. Um, all right. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to Cousin Bill for joining us. Yeah. Uh, thanks to LP and Chandra Thomas for doing a great job mm -hmm. on this episode, which uh, which I love. And um, thank you, Kev. Thank you, man. Thank you for being a beautiful person. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>